Hello, everybody. Good morning. How you doing? Hope all is well. Welcome back to another episode of Shot of Philosophy. And today's shot, once again, coming from The Pocket Rumi, edited by Kabir Helminski. I think this is a very interesting section. We'll jump right into it. Rumi wrote, The most secure place to hide a treasure of gold is in some desolate, unnoticed place. Why would anyone hide treasure in plain sight? And so it is said, joy is hidden beneath sorrow. So the last line for this really provokes a lot of thought for me. And I think it's hard to find the joy beneath sorrow, especially because we tend to add sorrow on top of our sorrow. We have negative thoughts, negative feelings, or we take negative actions, and then we add on to that. Right? We get upset that we're upset. We get angry at ourselves for being angered. We get sad about being sad. So we add on top, and then it's even harder to get to what's beneath, which for Rumi, and I agree with this to a large degree, is joy. Right? We have to notice our sorrow. We have to notice our pain. We shouldn't ignore it. We shouldn't dismiss it. Right? So we have the tendency maybe to dismiss it, and or to add on top of it. Not a good idea. Now, by don't dismiss it, what I really mean to say is we either dismiss it immediately or we maybe make ourselves feel immediately like our feelings are not legitimate, our thoughts are not legitimate. We want to get out of the habit of doing that. We want to get out of the habit of being immediately or too quickly dismissive of ourselves. And I also think this could be said for others as well. Right, Aristotle said, this is not verbatim, but he said, the mark of intelligence is being able to entertain or examine and think about two opposite ideas, right, and not prematurely reject either of them, simply because they're opposite. We want to examine both and kind of hold them in our minds, right? So with that, you know, with that in mind, we might say, like, when you have a negative emotion, when you're feeling sorrowful, engage it. Right? You want or engage with it. You want to be happy. You don't want to be sorrowful. Okay, but the sorrow might be telling you something important. It might be telling you, hey, you're not seeing things clearly. You're not asking the right questions. Or it might be like saying, hey, you did ask the right questions. And this is something important to you. Or this is the sorrow might be a mark of something that you have to deal with that you haven't dealt with yet. It's a call to examination. Right? Our feelings, I think, looking at them is an interesting, that's an interesting way to look at our feelings, right? As calls for examination. Why am I feeling this way? What might be the cause of this? What might this help me do? We might be disappointed in ourselves. Okay. Beneath that sorrow is joy if we examine why we're disappointed, how we might be able to make the change. And if we make those changes, that's really joyful, right? That's almost like the definition of how we become joyful, I think. Especially in regards to how we might make ourselves joyful. We feel good when we're moving in the right direction and we know we are. And the more we define that direction for ourselves, the more we take ownership of that, I think, the better off we are. So this, I think, little piece is super powerful. It's like, don't ignore your sorrow. Don't dismiss your sorrow. Don't let it go unnoticed. And I think Thich Nhat Hanh, the Zen Buddhist, would add that when we get good at doing doing this with ourselves, we're even better at doing it with others. And that's super important for being in a relationship. Right, a brief personal anecdote here. My mom's dad, so my grandfather on my mother's side, was blind. He went blind when he was 50. And I returned to him a lot as a mentor. We talked about apprenticeships yesterday. He's for sure one of my spiritual mentors. 
and he was like really my best friend when I was a kid. So he was absolutely blind. He went blind when he was 50. He led a very active life before that. And of course, being blind is a very serious disability. His whole life changed, right? He never, when I was 10 years old, 11, whatever, having 10 year old problems, you know, generally speaking, he never was dismissive of those problems, even though he was blind and he was living with a severe disability. Right. And I always remember that. And I reflect on that fondly because I never want to be dismissive of anybody else. If you have a problem, I want to listen to it because he, I think, set that example for me from a very young age to not let my sorrow, as small as it might have been, especially in comparison to his, go unnoticed or feel like it was just stupid or it didn't matter. Right. He always let me feel through his attentive, through his attentiveness, his attention and his listening and his sort of willingness to. sit and kind of like grapple with me, like ask me, well, why are you feeling like that? What should you do? What could you have done better? Right? He would kind of test me. He put me to the test in these situations. And I appreciated that because he always did it kind, you know, with, with kindness and lovingly. And he would work me through whatever sorrow I was doing to see that there was a better way or to see that things would be okay or to see that, again, it mattered, but it didn't have to be the most important thing in the world. It didn't have to be the most important thing that day. It didn't have to define me. It's something I could work to define and then put in its proper place and then use it for something. Again, to learn or to, again, move towards something better and become joyful. So don't dismiss your own feelings too quickly. Examine them. And also, of course, with others. Be attentive. Listen. Engage. Don't be dismissive. Even if they're having, in quotes, let's say, small problems. Our attention can be used really nicely, as Rumi is saying, to deal with the sorrow and find some joy beneath. But yeah, I don't think you get there by being too dismissive, especially with other people. Sometimes maybe we could argue, if you know yourself very well, there's some stuff that rises up in you, feelings, thoughts, where you could just sort of be like, right, this is ridiculous, I've seen this before, this is a pattern, I'm not going to even deal with you, Right? But again, you're still noticing it, right? So you're noticing it, but maybe you can have a quick, a quick mechanism for dismissing it because you know yourself very well. But I think, generally speaking, even being able to do that would come from the habit of examining things and not dismissing them. And definitely, we have to work on not adding sorrow on top of sorrow. right? The idea that our passions, again, passions for the ancient Greeks sort of meant like a negative emotion, right? An emotion that wasn't good for us. We pile passion on top of passion when we allow a thought to become an action. And those actions are fueling our feelings, right? So we have to learn how to stop that sort of downward spiral. And we can. I think good questions, once again, to harp on that point, right? Socrates was, you know, he likened himself to the gadfly. He was a, like, you know, a horsefly. He would land on people, make them move around with their thinking, right? Um, not allow them to sit and just say, oh, this is what it is. Like you'd always ask people to question themselves, question what they were saying, right? But also another sort of interesting animal reference, other people looked at Socrates as, I think it was sort of like a, like a jellyfish, right? Or a fish that would sting another fish and kind of paralyze it, right? So a good question will help you slow down because a question calls us to reflect. And in that reflection, we pause, right? So a question to stop the spiral to notice, to accept, to question, to examine versus to start taking actions and to start piling on 
right, to allow ourselves to keep going in this negative direction, throwing in some good questions that we might practice with ourselves over and over again so we get really good at them too, right, will help us to not add sorrow on top of sorrow. Hope this is helpful. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.